Hi, this is Sam Chan, and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. So when 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 uh, this COVID thing happened back in March of 2020, uh, everyone started talking about the word tension. There's tension. There's tension between this and tension between that. And I got curious about tension because all of us have dealt with tension in some way or the other. And, and I got curious about that enough to start writing a book on the subject. But I wanted to broaden that. And this, and I'm going to show you the book in just a minute, uh, not to sell it to you, just to show you what I've done. It's both in English and in Spanish. And it's simply uh, this book called Harnessing the Power of Tension. Harnessing the Power of Tension. So the I got curious about the whole tension uh, piece and how people run from tension, want to fix tension, don't like tension. And to me, it became fuel as to how do you harness the power of tension. Let, let me, if you'll give me about six, uh, five, six minutes, I want to just uh, go through some things that uh, are part of life. So it started with the COVID thing, but it expanded from there. For example, every biblical character that you see in the Bible had tension. Uh, David had tension, Joseph had tension, Paul, Gideon, Moses, Abraham, Noah, Jesus had a lot of tension, John the Baptist had tension, the disciples had tension, there's tension between Jesus and the disciples, there's tension between Jesus and the Sadducees, there's tension between John the Baptist and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The, uh, you look at the New Testament church, uh, look, go to Acts chapter 6, there's tension between the the Jewish widows and the Grecian widows, you go into uh, uh, Acts chapter 15 and you'll find tension between uh, Jews and Gentiles, Fa tension between family and work, you know, uh, all family and no work is no money and all work and no family, <laughs> you don't have family after a while. Uh, let, let me go down a few more doors, let me knock on a few more doors. Uh, when husband and wife are working together or in ministry together, uh, there's no in-between. It's either hell or heaven, you know. I mean, it's been, <laughs> there's no purgatory over there. Uh, how about people having vision but not having enough money to sustain the vision? Uh, or or you have opportunities but you have don't have enough of the right people to... Uh, uh, to, to be able to do it. How about, how about this? How about this? Very talented and competent people who can't get along with people. You know people like that? Who have no people skills. Amazing people get the job done, but just can't get along with people. How about you have new opportunities, but you're stuck with old systems. Uh, a lot of talk right now, just before this call, I was another communication with another a pastor of a very large church in the DC area. And uh, he was asking me about this, that, the other. And I said to him, that's the problem. You are still looking at the future through the eyes of how it used to be. So the tension is 2021 is nothing like 2019. Those are, you can't do them the, the same way. Uh, how about, have you ever been on a team uh, in a conference room or in a staff and there was internal tension in there? Have you ever been at church where there was internal tension over there? How about, how about uh, tension between friends? Uh, 
anybody ever had to fire a friend? Oh, that that <laughs> I've had to do that. Uh, you know, you you you'd not only lose an employee, but you lose a friend too. It's it's very. I mean, people say, "Well, I'm going to fire him, but I'm going to keep him as a friend." Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, that's just uh, the tension between uh, waiting for something while in a hurry to get there, uh, and everything. Everything in our life has has tension points to it. Uh, how about how about tension between where you are and where you want to be in life? Uh, and then there are there are personal tensions, for example, between parents and children. Uh, I don't care how perfect your children are, there are gonna be points of tension. I've been married for to Brenda for 42 years, and from time to time we still have tension. We just had one about three days ago. Uh, it didn't last very long, but there was tension, yeah. <laughs> In which, you know, it's like, eh, you know, we've been together for 42 years. Where are you going to go? You know, when I got married to Brenda, I made her promise. I said, if you ever leave me, I'm coming with you. <laughs> so so she's, she's never taken me, me up on that. Uh, tension between family and in-laws. How about right now, tension between my kids haven't been vaccinated, but I've been vaccinated, my grandparents have been vaccinated. I'm in tension with whether to wear a mask, not to wear a mask, whether to shake hands, whether to bump fists, whether to give elbows, whether to hug, not to hug. I mean, the tension points everywhere, tension point with uh, church members, tension point with the community. And then more importantly, the tension points within yourself, tension points inside of you. How about this? Who you were and who you are becoming. That's a big tension point. I'll tell you who that's a tension point for. It's a tension point for you and the people around you. Because they still want you to be who you were and you're not. I mean, you've been through eight weeks of multiply. You can't be the same person. Uh, then tension points of you're so gifted, you have multiple opportunities. Multiple opportunities. Uh, tension point within yourself and finding your own lane, finding your own lane. What is it God has called me to do? What is my niche? Where, where do I go? Where do I go from here? Uh, here's another one. Here's another one. Every one of us faces this. Leading while being led. I'm leading, but somebody else is leading me too. And the tension points between leading and, and being led. Uh, I'll give you just one more. The tension between calling and comfort. Uh, calling and comfort, the, the big tension between what God's called you to do and the comfort that we are looking and the, let, let me give you just one more. And then I want to talk about why people avoid tensions. My biggest tensions are not with me. My biggest tensions are not with you. But my biggest tensions are with God. That's where my biggest tensions lie. First tension is why me? <laughs> Second tension is why not me? <laughs> 
Uh, you know, have you ever wondered about Titus and Timothy? You know, Timothy got all the easy churches and Paul keeps sending Titus to all these broken down places. I mean, he sent it to Crete uh, and the book of Titus, he's having this uh, conversation with him and says to him, I know where I sent you is thus the armpit of the church. <laughs> that's where I sent you. That's not the best way to say it, but uh, it's our last session, so you know we can do this. Uh, <laughs> so the whole the whole notion between not only why me, then it is why not me, and then the tension between here's here's my tension, here's my tension, and my tension is same as Jeremiah's tension. God, you promised me this, but I am not seeing this. You made me a promise. I thought you made me a promise, but I'm not seeing that. Remember, if, if I was to read Jeremiah chapter one, I would sign up immediately. God promises him the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets. He promises him the entire galaxy. I mean, it's like Jeremiah, you're on, baby. In fact, then God goes a little tighter on that. He said, I knew you before you were born. I have my eyes on you. I got my finger on you. You're it, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah gets all excited and signs up. And then you go to Jeremiah 20. That's Jeremiah 1. He signs on Jeremiah 1. In Jeremiah 20, Jeremiah is hanging outside the temple, all beat up, mad at God, saying to him, I never want to preach again. I never want to take your word. And then he concludes by saying, but your word was like a fire shut up in my bones and I could not withhold it. But the tension between, I thought this, but it's not, it's not, it's not working out. Uh, have you noticed that resolving tension creates tension? You say, I'm going to talk to my boss. I'm going to talk to my coworker. I'm going to talk to the people I'm leading. I'm going to talk to my team members. I'm going to talk to so-and-so at church. And resolving conflict, resolving tension creates more tension. So the question becomes, so why do people avoid tension? I think people avoid tension because it has disappointment at the end of it. It can be very disappointing, physically, emotionally, mentally, our frustration, our anger, our disappointment. And people just say, hey, listen, if I can avoid that, I'll just avoid that. So very few people have the, the hard conversations, the tough conversations. And a lot of times, uh, another reason why people avoid tension is they confuse unity and tension. I have concluded you can have unity and tension at the same time. Because in a minute, I'm gonna talk about uh, the benefits of tension. Because if you, if you think unity is the absence of tension, then you will never be able to harness the power of tension. You gotta to say to yourself that yes, there's tension, but we are still, United. I mean, every one of you who has family, you know there's tension points, but we're united. 
in most families or in our society, uh, tension points uh, come up in weddings, funerals. Uh, you know, those are the times when real tension points start coming out. Another reason why people uh, avoid tension is they want to please other people, pleasing people. I want to say to you that appeasement is not a good leadership strategy. You just cannot become a people pleaser and still maximize your potential. Because here's the deal, here's the deal. Bottom line is this, as a leader, you're gonna make decisions. When you make decisions, some will agree, some will disagree. Those who disagree with you will create tension. Those who agree with you are fine with you, but then there's tension between those who agree and disagree over there. So there's all this calculus going on in the middle of avoiding tension, appeasement is not the best leadership strategy. And another reason, let me give you one more reason. You can read the book on your own time, but this is this stuff I'm giving you is in addition to the book. Another reason why uh, people avoid tension is they just don't want to deal with who is in the way. Who is in the way? Just don't want to deal with that. It's too painful. It's too risky. It has got too much drama attached to it. Uh, do you not have people that you know, some of them even might be your friends with whom you are talking and you want to say something to them, but you just back off saying, ah, it's not worth it. It's not worth the drama. It's not worth them getting mad. Then I'll have to, I'll have, I'll have to go back and make it all nice, nice, nice with them again. And we've been through this drama again and again. We've been around the street again and again. And we just pull back from that. So one of the things I've found are that there are predictable times of tension in your life and my life. Can I give some of them to you? Predictable tension points. In my life, a big tension point is when God is working on my maturity. Uh, this, since this is my last session with you, I need for you to know something about me. I am so disappointed with my own level of maturity. Why do I react in certain ways? Why do I not take initiative in certain ways? Why do I pull back from when I need to push forward? Why do I get my feelings hurt when it was just something pretty innocuous? But those tension points come in my life when uh, God is working on me and my maturity. Another predictable time of tension is when your organization is growing or declining. Growth brings tension points. Losses bring tension points. So let's think about church for a moment. If more people are coming in, it creates tension points. <laughs> yeah, because the new people come and sit in old people's chairs. 
Yep. That'll create a tension point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember uh, uh, when I was pastoring back in the 80s, it was a Sunday morning. It was Sunday morning. And you know, I had a country church and to get a visitor over there was just like an act of God. And, and, and this family came and this family came and good looking family came in. And they, I mean, they didn't know that everyone has a allotted seat, that that is where they've been sitting for the last 47 years. And so this family came, they came early and they sat down in this row. And the people who used to sit there actually asked them to move. Oh, I was so homicidal. I think God would have forgiven me. If I had a gun, God would have forgiven me. Totally would have forgiven. I'm telling you, God would have, God, God would have forgiven me. But new people coming in create tension. People leaving create tension. Uh, you change the style of music, you're going to have tension. You change the order of service, you're going to have tension. You preach too long, you're going to have tension. <laughs> you're going to have, yeah, all of those things create. How about communication? Communication creates tension, miscommunication, non-communication, sequence of communication. Who gets to know that information before somebody else communication? Why wasn't I told about it? Why didn't somebody check with me? Nobody ever checks with me. They always do that kind of stuff. Someday somebody's gonna talk to me. I don't know what I'm doing over here. I have no idea what I do over here. Tension, communication, tension point. How about systems that used to work don't work anymore? They don't work anymore. Uh, okay, I'll give you an example, give you an example. Um, all of you are church-going people, so uh, give, give, I'll give you a church example on this one. One of the things that we are finding out, churches are open, where people are coming in for in-person service. One thing we're finding out is churches are, are seeing more first-time guests than ever before. More first-time guests. And so when we do a simulation with them, when we are onboarding them, next steps, new membership, whatever kind of class you want to call it. These people who are coming to your church now are not new to your church. They're new to in being inside the church, but they've been watching you on Facebook and YouTube and Insta Live and everything for months. They have been watching you forever. They know everything about your church. They know about the communication. They know about the worship. They know about the preaching. They know about everything. So when they're coming to your church, these are people are not new to your, they're new to your church, but they're really not new to your church. So when you have a program that's an assimilation or onboarding program, and you do it the same way you did in 2019, then your assumptions are wrong. Because these people are coming already engaged with your church. Some of them might even be sending money before they start coming. It is just that whole thing about assumptions. Uh, another tension point in every organization, 100% of our organization will have that tension point. That is when you create change. You create change, you're gonna have a tension point. I don't care what kind of change it is. Even a good change. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, you move a picture on the wall. Try try that. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you'd make any kind of change, there's going to be tension points attached to every change. Uh, how, about, how about raising money? Asking people for... Uh, creates tension points. This coming Sunday at our church, at our church is Pastor Appreciation Sunday at our church. And Pastor asked me to speak. This Sunday, I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to it. And one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to raise some money for the pastor. And it's just interesting to see how people say they're generous and they squirm in their seats. Uh, but, but when you talk about money, there'll be points of tension. So let me do my last piece with you and then see if there are any questions and answers because I'm, I'm saving some time at the end to, to hear from you as to what has been, uh, what has been uh, your experience in the last eight weeks and how it has affected you. David spoke earlier about how it came at the right time and has made a difference in, in his life. So we want to hear from you. So I'm saving time for that. And the other reason I want to hear that is because it'll encourage the rest of you. When you hear one person speak and you think you're the only one and all of a sudden you start seeing affirmation with each other. So we want to do that as well. So let's talk about the benefits of tension. I have discovered that it's a real benefit to me if I realize it's just part of life. It's just part of life. The only time you're not going to have tension is when you're six feet under. You're just going to create more tension for others. <laughs> but, but you won't have tension, but you'll, there'll be others. So I have decided, hey, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life fighting tension. I'm going to harness the power of tension. That's the name of the book. I will harness the power of tension and make it work for me. That's how steam engine rolls. You harness the power and you give it direction. And I think tension points are where uh, I have learned that my best relationships in my life have grown following tension points. My best relations in my life came because there was tension. And working through that tension brings people closer together. Uh, I've also found another benefit of tension is that better decisions are made, better clarity is brought if there's some tension in the room. If everybody agrees with everything and rubber stamps everything and there's no tension in the room, and tension doesn't have to be negative. Tension does not have to be negative. But if there's tension in the room that makes you think. You have to make your presentation a little different. You have to have conversations that uh, will allow you to uh, go deeper into the subject matter. People come better prepared to meetings if they feel that there'll be some tension points in the meeting. Again, please remind yourself, I have concluded Tension is only negative if you allow it to be negative. I have decided to take tension, harness it, give it direction, give it power, and here's the word I want to use, leverage tension, leverage tension. 
I want to say something to all of you leaders, all of you leaders. Leaders who avoid tension create more tension for the team. Every one of you has been in a room where you looked at your leader and say, say something, do something. That's what you're a leader for. But when the leader avoids tension, it creates tension for the team. And you have enough tension in the team who don't have the bandwidth and the capacity to harness it, to give it direction, you're gonna create a dysfunctional team. The last thing I wanna to say to you, and then uh, if, if you have any questions, just put them in the chat and you might already be getting them, Virgil, I don't know. Uh, the last thing I wanna say about that before we do some Q&A is no tension, no growth. No tension, no growth. Every place I've been, every relationship I've been, every organization I've been in, there have been points of tension. Again, remember, tensions are not bad. Tension is not negative. Tension is normal. Tension is neutral. Tension is natural. You put two little kids, eight months old, on the carpet, facing each other, with a little toy in between them. There's tension. It's just... It is human. And if you fight tension, you're fighting something that can be uh, advantageous to you. You can leverage that only if you're willing to, to do that.